Welcome to the Electrician's Co-op. I'm your host, Jamie Small. And I'm Rob Brass. Today on the show, we've got Cameron Brzezzi from Vaccaro Group. Cam and his team are now in their 36th year of business. And along the way, they've learned a thing or two. And today on the show, we're going to find out what it is that makes their business tick. Cameron and his team work closely with Clipsal, and we're going to find out how they leverage the brand to streamline the business and to offer superior service and products to their clients. Let's get started. G'day, Jamie. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, Rob. How are you? Very good. I'm glad to be doing another one of these public shows and getting this out there. Looking forward to sending it live and getting it in Apple, Spotify, Google, all of the podcasting platforms. It's exciting. Yeah, man. Um, we've done, what, 33 in the paid version and three or four in the uh, the free version. So, yeah, it's going really well. The body of work continues to grow. Cameron, welcome to the Electrician's Co-op podcast. It's great to have you here, mate. Thanks for having me. It's yeah, good thanks, to be here. Cam. Thanks for coming on. I'm excited by this one. This is uh, an interview organized by Clipsal. So we're going to talk a little bit about Clipsal today and find out how, as we said at the top of the show there in the introduction, how they uh, help in your business and how they help you to offer a superior product to your clients. But before we do any of that, let's get to know a little bit more about your business. You've been doing this for what, 36 years? How old are you? 36? That's when your parents kicked off the business when you were a baby, literally. Well, that's it. Not quite. Well, it's my uh, mother and father-in-law's business that they started in their garage at Abbotsbury. It's obviously become one of uh, the biggest electrical and air conditioning companies in New South Wales. Got some pretty good guys that work for us. Uh, my wife and I now are in the process of business succession, so we're looking to succeed the business. Obviously, that comes with its challenges, and that might be something that we might talk about later on today. Yeah, definitely. Um, but also, too, it's uh, an opportunity for us to give back to the industry. There's a lot of young guys that are looking to you know, start up and you might talk about some do's and don'ts. and Yeah, I've got a bunch of those questions here, that, that's for sure. How many people are in your team at the moment? At the moment, our total headcount is around 50. Uh, that includes people in the office and obviously our field staff. At our peak during uh, 2017, we were just under 100. We're at 90, 98, not including contractors. So we've skinned up quite a bit, mainly a lot of forces. A lot of the external forces have been a factor of that, slowdown in the building industry and also COVID, which I guess will be another topic we'll cover. Yeah, for uh, sure. So do you think that's your sweet spot? I know you had a lot more earlier. Um, the number you're at now at 50, do you think that's a better spot? Look, there's a lot more efficiencies to be gained when you're a lot more nimble. Um, you can definitely get to issues a lot quicker. Generally, you know, in the industry we say the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. <laughs> um, this allows us to obviously improve our quality, which is very important, but also it allows us to, to learn a little bit more about our business that we, we didn't know. There's also the opportunity there to ramp up when we need to ramp up, like a switch, like a dial. Yeah, very nice. What's your predominant type of work? Is it residential or commercial? Yeah, so we, in the air conditioning side, we, will, we service the general public as well as our builders, but on the electrical side, predominantly we work for builders. I won't name too many of them, but uh, yeah, we've got some long-standing relationships with them. Some of them we've worked for over 20 years, some as long as 15, and some that we've only been with them for the last five, and some new guys that are starting up. 
Very nice. Yeah, you mentioned off there before you work for a significant builder in Australia, I would assume they are, but, um, and you do 250 to 300 homes a year with them. Is that right? That's right, yes. Oh, wow, that's astonishing. Yeah, some of our builders, uh, obviously there's been a little bit of a slowdown in the industry. At, uh, one of our builders that we used to work for was doing close to 750 in the peak. Uh, we, have, we had capacity at the time to do up to 1,500 homes electrically, and in that year, in that 2017 year, we did close to 2,500 air-conditioner wow. installs. What's the key there? That's a that's a busy organisation. There's a lot of moving parts. What do you find the key is? Is it layers of management helping and keep it all together or is it leadership? What is the thing that holds it all together for you? It's a reputation, I guess, first and foremost. You know, people want to do business, especially with Sam, my father-in-law, Vicaro. He's got a very good reputation in the industry. Secondly, it's sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice? <laughs> <laughs> time with your family. Compromise. Time, compromise, time with your friends. And also, too, it's uh, what you're willing to risk to get that reward. So I, I, I guess um, we've ticked all those boxes. There's definitely a lot of lessons that were learnt out of that, that, that growth, those growth areas, those growth, that growth period rather. Um, we sort of organically became that large. It was just a 10-year boom in the building industry that we were a part of. And over that time, we, we've learnt a lot and we're sort of at this point now where we've refined the business to create or empower some people that were in our business into management roles. Yeah, very nice. I was writing a job ad before today and one of the things that I need is just really simple stuff, right? Video editing, but at volume, at scale, you know, like I need maybe 20 videos a week edited, about half hour blocks each. And one of the things that I needed in there is I need somebody to think for themselves. I give them the job, I give them the activity, I give them what it is that they need and I don't have the time to go back and forth with your silly questions. Just think about what Rob would want and do make that decision and whatever decision you make, I'll back you. So really what I'm looking for there at the very beginning is to set the expectation in culture. So I need somebody with responsibility, I need somebody that can think for themselves. How big a part has that played in your business, in your, in your company culture? Changing the culture has been, without a doubt, the first and foremost, most important thing that Genevieve, my wife, and I wanted to achieve when we both came into the business. So I came in as a mature age electrician. I did my time. I came into the office about three years ago. I assumed a role as an electrical maintenance manager. And after that, I became the company general manager. So you had to work your way up as well. Of course. It's not just handed to you, just because it's your old man's company. you got to you got a pound of flesh there. The field respect you. Yeah. You've been in the trenches with them Definitely. and now you're in a management role. Yeah. yeah. It's not your typical nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I, I did work hard. I always wanted to be an electrician. Um, I did go to university first. Uh, did a management degree. My wife's a lawyer. Oh, right. Wow. She, that all helps. All of those things help yeah. now. She was working for Australian Industry Group at the time, so she was a, a senior policy advisor. And I guess the day I came home and said to her that we might need to look at your mum and dad's business and think about how we can bring this into the future and carry it on, it was probably the hardest the hardest decision that my wife's ever had to make. And yeah. Going back onto culture when she came in and saw what the culture of the place was like, it's, it was probably about a three-year effort to get it to where we are today. What are some of the things that you do day to day to keep the culture strong? I think it's just having respect and trust in your workers. Uh, I think that's pretty important. Giving trust can be hard if you've been burnt before, mm. but you can't get trust without giving it. Mm. So we've identified in our business that there were some really key players that potentially were being hurled back. 
Um, obviously, if you don't have many positions available for for management roles, it sort of becomes hard. But also, too, when you speak to your you know, your, your management team and you see what their intentions are, you, you discover that some people's intentions may be quite short term, which doesn't coincide with your long term mm. plan. Then you might see in the field that you've got some guys that are looking to step up, and their plan coincides well with yours, and you can feel that you can regain some trust in that group again. So we. Um, you know, we've, we've had to let people go and that's always a hard thing to do in any business but also too we've been able to promote and empower some pretty good young guys in our company. And have you felt that that's kind of improved the culture from where you went when you first took over? Is, it, is there an improvement or is it an ongoing thing or have you got it kind of dialed in now? Well, our sick days are down. <laughs> that's a very good indication of your culture because yeah. if a guy is feeling sick in the morning and he knows he's working with, say, Cameron, and he doesn't want to let him down, he'll still come to work. So I think that's a really big part of culture, um, having guys turn up for work, even if they are a little bit sick. Well, look, I think credit to our to our two operation managers, we've got F in uh, electrical, we've got Adam in, in air. And it's also about allowing them to, to do what they're good at and stepping in where you need to. Um, I guess being there as a support role as opposed to a, almost like a dictator role, you know, telling them what to do, it's, it, it's even allowing the workers to identify that that is who they go to for their work and their information and then above them they will deal with me as the general manager. Yeah, yeah nice. I suppose the first thing that springs to mind when I hear of 50 staff is consistency. How do you, like if you're doing 1,500 homes a year or whatever it might be, how do you keep them consistent by the quality, I mean? Well, that's correct. I mean, that's where we've, you know, we've also empowered guys in the group to step up into supervisor roles to go out there and, you know, quality assure our own work. Everything comes back to culture, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, if they're going to do the right thing on the site, that's how you maintain your consistency and the continuity of your deliverables and things like that. Correct. I mean, the guys that we've got that are leading our both our entities at the moment, they've been with the company, each of them, for over 15 to 20 years. Mm. So we've also got guys like uh, that we've that we've got in the in the group that have gone out, uh, put their hand up to want to be into a more senior role. And some of these guys have been with us for close to one. One of the guys has been there for over twenty years himself as an electrician. Cameron, one of the things that I, I like to ask, uh, I suppose, business owners slash bosses when they come onto our podcast, because we have all sorts of people listening to this show. So it's employees and business owners as well. So if somebody was working within your organization uh, and you were the boss, and what are you looking for to move people up, to level them up, to get them into a supervisor's position or into a management role? Are there some key key performance indicators that you have? Because if someone's listening to this and they think, oh, there's an idea I could do that because people are always looking to advance themselves to make more money, to progress in their career and things like that. What, what advice would you give? They have to have a mutual respect and a mutual, and in that mutual respect, obviously they have to have um, pride in the company that they're working for. It has to match our pride as well. And being a family business, we, we treat our workers like family. Until obviously, if, if until they <laughs> until they're not until they're out the door <laughs> until it's not reciprocated. But um, yeah, look, we we do realise that you know in our business there are limited positions, uh, so not everybody can be manager. But you will be able to identify in that in that playing group who the standout guys are. What do you look for though? What are you looking for? 
performance on the site as like technical skill or are you looking for people skills or are you looking for a yeah. combination of those things? What is it? Attitude. Yeah, attitude. Yeah. Attitude. Yeah. Hire for attitude and train for skills, yeah, right? right? Yeah, totally. Good communicators. That's that's always important. You know, the feedback that we'll always get from builders is that the person that they're dealing with is one, a great communicator, which makes obviously the building process a lot easier. Probably someone who delivers what they promise mm. you know you, you can get a lot of people that will promise you the world and give you an atlas at the end yeah yeah i think it's bad to assume that everybody wants to be in a management role though some people are just happy going to work roughing in homes coming home yeah. and not worrying about it there are a lot of guys that are like that yeah totally and rather than assuming this is me personally as well rather than assuming everyone wants to be like me sometimes you just got to sit down and ask what they want and if they're happy just roughing in homes day in day out and they're happy doing that and communicating with builders and everything sort of falls back on you rather than them you know, so be it. Yeah, that's just the way it is, right? That's you right, need yeah. all of those things. One of the things I learned in small business is you have to kiss a few frogs. Yeah. Like you you'll often find that, that's the analogy I use, right? You'll often find you promote somebody into a management or a supervisory role and then they turn out not to be any good because they just don't have what it takes. And not everybody can be trained to be a manager yeah. and not everybody is a skilled enough manager like that. Have you experienced the same thing? Definitely. I think it's, it's the mental stress that, Nobody can really prepare for, and I say that from a from a tradesman's point of view. When a tradesman sort of uh, comes through the ranks and is sort of thrown in the deep end, you know, they're dealing with emails, for example, something as simple as emailing, and it's like they've never really had to do this before. Yeah, I've got eighty of them in my inbox right now. You want to swap? <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> you know, also, um, you know, we've we've gone through talking about culture before and change. We've we've gone through a uh, a massive push to go as paperless as possible. So that also comes with, you know, you've got guys on site all day that aren't dealing with computers and then you're trying to upskill them yeah. to use your business operating systems, uh, understanding uh, programs like Zero and how it integrates, teaching them how to invoice. It can become quite daunting and quite quick some guys really want to go back to site. But I think <laughs> when you're thrown in the deep end, I think that's the best way to learn. Yeah. In my yeah, 100% thrown in the deep end. I actually sat down with uh, – we actually had a toolbox talk after our training session on Wednesday and I said to one of the guys that's looking like stepping up into like a leading hand sort of role, I said, mate, I'm really going to try and throw you in the deep end now and that's the best way to learn. Are you cool with that? And he goes, yeah, mate, yeah, cool. I'm like, that's how such and such learn and that's how he's become such a good electrician. Did you do it this week? Did you chuck him in the deep end? Yeah, he's been in the deep end a couple of times this week. Yeah, just been okay. Just drop him off at jobs and I just say to him, I'm only a phone call away or you can FaceTime me if you've got a question about something technical. Yeah, it's not like you're leaving yeah, them right. by themselves. He's still supporting them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think it's an important way to do that and give them the trust to put them on their own Yeah. and think for themselves because problem solving is a big part of obviously what we do. There's different ways to do A, B, and C. So it's up to you to decide and improvise on the best way to do it. Yeah, makes sense. Hey, Cameron, how did you weather the storm last year in COVID? That was a pretty uh, uncertain and scary time when that all first kicked off around about a year ago now. And here we are on the other side of it. What Jamie and I have found as we, we talk to other electrical businesses and other sparkies is most people uh, weathered the storm pretty well. Did you guys fare okay in there? Yeah, well, I guess um, by circumstance, it was a chance for us to reflect on our business to see um – what vulnerabilities we have. We generally don't really talk with many other many other businesses, many other electrical businesses, but it was an opportunity for us to meet up and catch up and see what, what their pain mm. points were. And 
uh, it is unfortunately comforting to know that everybody was sort of it sucked for everyone exactly yeah, that's the thing yeah. you've got to reach out like because yeah. quite often um if you don't you often feel isolated oh it's just me going through this yeah. but on the back of the electricians that we've interviewed on the podcast and i'm sure i'll do this with you as well cameron i speak to them regularly yeah. on just what they're going through week in week out then you they might have gone through something similar than rather than you making the mistake, you can learn from their mistake. Well, there's one thing I've learned is that, you know, I mean, the media did push this, we're all in this together thing. I think it was, we're all in this same storm, but everybody had a different boat. Mm. Yeah, you totally. know, some guys had some pretty that. big boats and yeah. some guys had some dinghies. Yeah. And, and and it wasn't about, you know, capitalising on someone else's misery, but it was also about seeing how you could help people in the industry that you may consider to be your, your competition, but it's, Sometimes it's the devil you know too. Yeah. You know, it's the competition that you do know, and it's like playing footy. I guess you know you want to play against the same teams each week. So, or not the same team, but you want to play with the same comp teams in the comp. Yeah, so, all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. You know, often Jamie on this podcast, I'll be looking down at the computer or at the at the board here in front of me and just listening to what you're saying, and I'm like, did Jamie say that or did the guest say that? Because you guys are so similar in business, and it's hard to remember that you're all in it together as as you described there you, you really are all in it together because you're all doing the same things yeah. and you're all going through the same things together so it's really important to reach out and, and to connect and stay connected as well totally totally well the idea of this podcast is electricians helping electricians yeah, yeah. and i'm speaking to the, like sam from electro environs i spoke to today and he just rang to say how's everything going he's from adelaide just saying hi yeah and he told me about a few wins he's had and he asked me about a few things in my life and what's going on in my company and I think we're all in it together. So I think it's important to share your knowledge and your wisdom and don't always treat it as competition. And I think there's enough work out there for all the good guys. That's right. Yeah. Are you one of the good guys? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. Let's take a little break. <laughs> there, Rob Russ here. If this is your first time here at the Electricians Co-op, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. Thank you for your loyalty. Now, if you like what you hear on today's show, make sure you share this podcast with your mates who are electricians. Jamie, myself, and Cameron, we want to reach as many people as we can with the Electricians Co-op. We want to help more people to break through to the next level in their career, their business, and their life. Okay, Cameron, tell us a little bit about Clipsal, mate, because you were made famous by Clipsal and their little tradie thing that they had going on. Tell us about that. What was that all about? Yeah, well, they came to us to see if we could provide them with a Sparky for their 100-year anniversary uh, ad that they had going. Uh, my father-in-law said, look, probably a better idea that you go do that. So I did. Um, I went to... We had a, a, a display home that we worked out. I don't know if you're familiar with display homes, but everything's hardwired. All the lights are hardwired back to a contactor. So when we got there, they uh, they said, none of the switches are working. Everything seems to be on. <laughs> so me being in my fortunate position as the general manager, I was a able to divert some vans to come and uh, rewire the house or rewire the switches <laughs> yeah. so they could get some shots of what they needed. And they also required a Zen fan, which was a little bit hard to get at the time because potentially due to their popularity. And I had one in stock. So I got the warehouse guy to come and deliver that. We installed the fan. They got the footage that they wanted. And at the end of it, they just said, I was only supposed to be there for one hour. I ended up being there for most of the day. 
they just really liked our can-do attitude of the company and they said, can we do a feature on you for Sparky's of Oz? Yeah, right. The Caro Group. And how'd that pan out? It's been fantastic. It was great. Um, We got to tell our story in, I guess, in two minutes. Have you ever done anything like that before? Any media on camera, on interviews or anything like that? Never. This is all new to me. It's all coming at once. Uh, oh, really? It doesn't show. You're a pro at this. You're really good at this. And did any of that translate into work or business? It has. I mean, we we spent a pretty – during COVID, we spent some uh, a, a sizable amount of money creating a, a display studio. So mm-hmm. we've got a studio we, – we've – been doing consultations for builders for many years so the the benefit of vaccaro group has always been that when a builder has a customer they send them to us and we draw their electrical plans and their air conditioning layout we used to do that in a quite a small room and we decided during covid that we had an opportunity to invest some big money so we've got a, a, a quite a large facility it's called v elements design where we can run two consultations simultaneously the area is there to replicate basically a home there's a large table where the customers come in, they can sit out, have a cup of coffee, and they feel comfortable. And then we take them through our display center or our selections room where they can look at what they're getting in their house. They might look at some upgrades that they might, may want. Uh, it is all Clipsal Iconic. That's what we use as standard. That's our standard, in, standard uh, installation. And from there, they can go into you know, the security side of things, which might be uh, PIRs, sensors, day-night switches, those types of things. That's where we can explain to them in a, in a comfortable setting the potential of what their home can be. You're not That's showing... opportunity to upsell as well. Yeah, yeah. what a great idea. Yeah, huh? Totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, how do you draw it? Do you draw it on an iPad and print it out? No, so we use ClipSpec, which is a Clipsal program, which we put the the floor plan of the customer's house on and we draw it room by room with a process that we follow. We, we, it's, it's methodical. Is that available to everyone, that program? If you're a Clipsal customer. Yep. Um, Clipsal club member, is it? You don't have to well, be a club member, but I think if you're looking to use Clipsal exclusively like we do, you can have a chat with them and they may be able to see how, how it works in with your business. Yeah. So you use Clipsal everything, do you? We do, yes. Yeah. So when you put it on that program and you're drawing up somebody's floor plans in their house, can you see the quote happening in real time? So client wants item A, not item B. You put item A on there and it adds it up for you as you go? It does. It adds it up as you go. And that's the beauty of it because I guess it's a it's a hard-hitting question when you say to someone, what's your budget? You know, everyone's mm-hmm. going to say, well, you're just going to make me spend up into that amount. <laughs> so we don't, we don't go that way. We allow the customer to decide when when they've hit their budget and they'll let us know, they'll say, look, I'm, I'm a little bit maxed out there. I'm, I'm happy to go with what I've got left. But typically um, we'll find that a customer will come in and say, I'm not here to spend any money and end up leaving with, with some value-add products yeah. in their house. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> is that because of the display center or because of the way that you do it or as a sales process? It's really interesting uh, to know how well, that, why that works. Well, our pre-construction um, manager, Melinda, she's been with us for over 15 years also. So she's an expert in this, in, in ClipSpec. I guess the culture of the place is something that's very important as we touched on before. And I think when people walk into our showroom, they feel like they're at home and they're at a place that's a lot like... Uh, not like a used car salesman or anything like it's that. It's a non-threatening environment. Non-threatening so when you say showroom, is it a, a couple of rooms? Is it a room? Is it bedroom and lounge room? How is it? So it's a large room. We've also got a home theatre in there. Yeah. Pretty cool state of the arts. Was that put in there for the customers or you? That was put in there for, for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's for me and Sam. <laughs> when everyone's out the tools. No, 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 not. <laughs> the, the, the home theatre is there. It was a collaboration with Lifestyle Store and it, it was there to show customers, again, the potential of what they can have in their house. I mean, people are happy to go and spend $30,000 on a swimming pool. Why not buy a, 
home theater for thirty thousand yeah. dollars. You can use it all year round. Yeah. So there's we did notice that a lot of houses that we we have seen over the years tend to have like a, a media room or a home theater room, but typically it becomes a junk room. So we're showing people now what what they can do with those spaces. Mm. I think a good selling point as well when you're at that point, I think it's you say to the customer, it's a lot cheaper to do it now than worry about it later when there's plaster on the wall. Yes. So let's just get it done now. We used to see a lot of people would come in and just say, give me button holders, 80 of them threw out, <laughs> and they'd come and, you know, they'd go and get the local guy to, yeah. to go and install down lights after. They don't realise how much dust is created yeah. in the house. It's hard to clean. It gets yeah. into everywhere. Mm. So yeah. now we, we see their customers now, when they come to the studio, they say, just fit the house out. I don't want to have to deal with anyone else once I move in. I just want to bring my kettle and live in my home. <laughs> yeah. I suppose a big thing is education as well because a builder might sell a package to the client and it's not until they come into your showroom and realise, oh, really, I can have that? Oh, that's a good yeah. idea. Well, that's that's the benefit too of, of, our, of our studio is that our builders are partners in this. So they get the privilege of having a space that we've spent a lot of money on designing and, and constructing to the benefit of their customers that obviously come in to spend that little bit extra. And is that included, that consultation, or it's yes. on top? Uh, there, there is a small fee that we charge to the builder, but that's just obviously to cover the, the cost. But obviously we, we hope to make some money out of the upsell. Yeah, for sure. And Clipsal must be loving that, that you're selling their product only. Well... It's good for us because we get to use their brand equity to our advantage. Mm. Tell us about the the clip spec thing. If you were going to, so just from my perspective as a potential customer, right, yeah. if I was going to do this and you didn't have that tool to do it with, how else would you do it? Just doing it like pen and paper with an iPad or? Yeah. Well, that's what we do. I suppose yeah. like I'm obviously yeah. a smaller business than you, Cameron. Yeah. I go around with my iPad. I have the PDF on my iPad. I have my pen. Like the floor plan PDF? The floor plan, yeah. And I'll go around and we'll just mark it up. We'll use the rubber, we'll erase it, and we'll draw up a mud map of how, where they want their lights and their switches and how they want it switched. Perfect. And I just save that and I print it off or I screenshot it and I send it through to the client so they've got a copy and I've got a copy. Well, we better get you on Clipset. Yeah, well, that's why I asked if there's an easier. That's why I'm saying it, man. You know, you know, got to get rid of this old dinosaur of an iPad here and get you some proper software to do it with. Make you some more money. That's it. I think it's 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 bizarre too that there's still a lot of electricians that go around with a pressure pack and mark mark switches. I mean, you're putting the customer into what's a, a pressure pack? Oh, sorry, a spray. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the oldies do. Yeah. So, how do you mark up a job then if you're not marking studs and brick walls? No, it? we still mark it. Yeah. So, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, a lot of custom, a lot of electricians will go with the customer to do their upgrades on site and they'll yeah. say where do you want your switches yeah, yeah. and yeah, the that's the difference that's that's the answer to the question yeah. that i was looking for there yeah, yeah. and i think you, you're putting your you're, you're putting your customer into a position where i don't know i don't know i don't know man you're yeah, the spark yeah. you tell me exactly exactly you're you're there to sell them exactly what it is i mean if it's air conditioning we sell comfort we don't go just install an air conditioner and if it's electrical you're not going to go sell to sell bluetooth switches to a 80 year old woman who's yeah. got no idea doesn't have a phone exactly. so what's your advice to somebody say so obviously you got the luxury of having a showroom for someone with a smaller company say one or two or three guys what's your advice to those guys moving forward in terms of selling um, to the client or the builder I guess you it always comes down to defining what it is in electrical that you want to do I mean if, if you want to get into the area of design that's basically another segment of your business if it's working for you doing what you're doing you I mean having three guys you might be quite flexible in, in your time. But, you know, if you're looking to expand or get into uh, larger volumes, well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to look at some sort of software or program to help. Yeah. At some help, point you have yeah. to. Yeah. Because your time is valuable as a boss, right? So 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Reinvest your profits in your business. Yeah, the thing to do it with. Yeah, for sure. There it is for sure. Hey, tell me about your relationship with Clipsol. If you're using them exclusively, they must be on the speed dial for you, are they? They help you out a lot. What's the relationship like with you guys? Look, it's we we can't complain. They're, they're, it all goes back to a great story. My father-in-law uh, had a, a great relationship with a guy called Brian McMillan, known as Macca, the late Brian McMillan, and. He worked for a, a competitor at the time as a rep. And my father-in-law, he had a pager at the time, all right? Old school. Old school, right? <laughs> He's had, We're going back, right? <laughs> so my father-in-law, Sam, he thought, you know what? I'm going to go buy him a mobile phone. This is when mobile phones came out. So this guy did not work in our company, but he was our rep. So Sam went out, bought him a mobile phone and said, this is for you. And I want you to answer it every time I call because I'm going to need you. <laughs> and that followed him through all the way to Clipsal. So he got his pager. The story goes that he threw it in the ocean and he said, I'll never need this pager ever again. <laughs> so that when Brian came to Clipsal, he was part of our family. Um, he created the trust for us in the brand. And I was lucky to be a, a, a small part of uh, that time. And it's something that we cherish and we never forget. And from that, you know, we've, we've got... Great. There's great relationships there now, really good relationships. Uh, as you can see, they've put me forward to do. Yeah, to come on the podcast here. Yeah. yeah. So, And like I said before, the brand equity is huge. I mean, they're, they're, they're spending millions of dollars on the block. The customers are coming into our office and they're saying, I want those switches that I saw on the block. Mm. I want that iconic range. So if they're going out there and they're investing the money, we get to be the beneficiaries of that investment. Yeah, it would be to do a poll because I reckon if you asked 100 people what the main electrical brand is, I'd say nine out of 10 would, or 99 out of 100 would say Clipsal. Yeah. That's the do. first company that springs to mind for me. Well, as a non, yeah, as a non Sparky, for you? I can't think of another one. <laughs> I don't know another one. And that's, that's, well, that's not a, a beat up. That's, yeah, that's, that's, a win, yeah. that's a win for their marketing, right? So I would be, as other, you say, other like. Other than Sal that's been on the podcast and David Slide. What? <laughs> well, I wouldn't think of them in the same yeah, yeah. way that I would yeah. think of of Clipsal like yeah. that. So that's yeah. quite different. But, a significant brand company. Yeah, that's right. If I was going to try and compare it to something else like that, yeah, I, I wouldn't really know what yeah. that would be. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Cameron, do you ever look at the competitor with one eye? I've got to ask that controversial question. Do you ever see something and go, oh, that looks pretty good over there, but nah, whatever, Not don't care. Look, I'll be honest with you. Uh, in terms of how things are in the industry, I mean, you can't turn your back on anybody. For me, it's more about making relationships yeah. with, with, with people because if there's one thing I've learned is that a lot of people move on all the time and you don't know where they're going to pop up. So we don't we don't have a closed-door policy. Like we, we do speak to other uh, manufacturers, but they are respectful in, in a way and they understand that the relationship that we have and obviously the products that we use, especially the clip spec and how that really has a big effect on how we do business. So unless they've got something like that to come and bring to us that's going to completely change the way that we do business, we're, we're, we're happy where we are. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So how do, you get, how do they go with warranties? Because in the last probably month or so, I've had a lot of faulty products. Yep. How do, Where does Clips will stand in terms of warranty? Do they give you replacements and you replace them or they got warranty electricians? Like say, for example, yeah. you do a home, you've got 10 lights that go out. Do they give you 10 replacements for you to go out and replace them at your cost or do they do it for you? Generally, when it comes to that, we're dealing with the wholesaler. We're allowing the wholesaler to take on that back end and we yeah. will get a replacement for that. Um, we manage our own maintenances and warranties. We just find that we can get there a lot quicker. So, uh, so you do it at your cost? At our cost, yeah. 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 Reputational cost. Yeah, it's funny that. that You're right, bro. I, I You're right. This is one thing that really <laughs> irritates me. Is like they'll give you a replacement, 
but you've got to send a guy there to go replace it. Yeah. I think the worst. And, and I get the fact that you can be more reactive than getting the company to go do it. And I get the reputation, you know, you supplied it, you should replace it. But I honestly reckon the manufacturers should stand by their product a bit quicker or a li- little bit better and be more responsive with those warranty calls. Yeah. Fair call. Yeah, yeah, fair call. You all right? Oh, mate. Just get it off the chest. <laughs> it's really irritating. <laughs> all right, let's take a little break so you can collect yourself. <laughs> If you like what you're hearing on today's podcast and you want to take it up a notch, then Jamie and I have a premium version of the Electricians Co-op podcast. Over on the premium show, Jamie and I interview other electrical businesses and we find out what makes them tick. We also interview the people and the experts that will help you to grow your electrical business, your career, and help you to accelerate everything that you want as an electrician. Come on over and check it out for free at theelectriciansco-op.com forward slash interviews. We've reached uh, the final segment of the show here, Cameron. We're calling this the rapid fire segment of the podcast. <laughs> it's a little bit of we're, fun here. We're calling it that or you are? I'm calling it that. I, I don't care what. the rapid fire part. You're just normal, man. I'm a little bit crazy if you're sitting it. here with these microphones all day in this little room. That's what it is. What this is, is just a, uh, a succession of quick fire questions. First thing that comes to mind, a little bit of fun here. I'm going to go, then Jamie's going to go, and we're going to barrage you here with questions, and it's designed <laughs> to be a little bit of fun. Let's see. So you want me to start? You can start if you like. Okay. Go for it. All right. So um, Cameron, what should Sparkies do more of? Less whinging. Is <laughs> <laughs> that referred to me? He was looking at you when he said that, not That's me. No, no. Just expressing my feelings. What should Sparkies do less of? Undercutting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a part of working together, isn't it? That's a common theme that we're seeing, isn't it? Yeah. What's your worst thing you've seen someone say to a person on the job? Who the hell installed that? <laughs> <laughs> to the guy that installed <laughs> it. To the guy that installed <laughs> it. <laughs> Is that you, pal? <laughs> hey, what was the last kind deed that you did for somebody? Look, I think um, there's, there are things that do come to mind, but they'd be pretty private. I mean, we, we've got an open door policy at work and our, our work as a family and whether it's going there and sending a crew of guys to go and help them with their home or a family member that's not well, there's a lot of things that do hit home with us. So specifically, I couldn't give you one, but uh, we are appreciative of our workforce and we'll do anything if, if they're in strife. Beautifully said. Yeah, well, us at ProMage Electrical, we take the boys um, training once a week and that's my little thank you to say, you know what, I really appreciate you guys doing a good job. I obviously pay for it. Yep. But it creates that culture. We're doing something together. We're pushing each other. And I can see each other getting obviously A, more fit and B, closer because everyone's yeah. clapping, cheering each other yeah. on. When it, someone's under pressure, I've got this one, you know, I'll help you. So yeah. that, that well, works really well. Well, tomorrow, we because we uh, were unable to have a Christmas party, we've got uh, a pizza truck coming tomorrow afternoon with the, for the boys and obviously the office girls and guys that as well. Right. That's your first, that's your version of the Christmas party. Yeah, that'll be, there'll be a few beers. Nice one. Good one. What's the best thing about being a dual tradesman, electrician and AC mechanic? And a Bachelor of Management. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Triple. Oh, look, I think they're both great trades and- you know, if you're going to, you, with apprentices, you know, if you've got to sell sell the product and sell the brand, you know, you've you got to show that you've got skin in the game. So having both 
being a dual trade um, it means I'm qualified to, to talk about both on, a, on an equal capacity. What's yeah, more lucrative, nice. electrical or air conditioning? I think uh, refrigeration is a little bit of an underrated industry. Uh, I think typically you, you tend to see more men in the vans in the, in the electrical space, but um, they're both rewarding, but you know, it's like anything. You've got to want it. You've got to really want it to yeah. succeed. So. And you've got to work for it as well. You've got to work for it. Yeah. What's your least favourite thing about being an electrician? Climbing in a roof, under the floors. Oh, look, climbing in the roof was always hard, but when you're a short guy like me, you can... You can <laughs> you're you walking can, under there. You, can walk. <laughs> you fit anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can fit into most spaces. But, uh, yeah, that was probably the worst part of the trade, definitely. We've got a um, mature age apprentice starting in a couple of weeks, and I said to him, I said, I just want to confirm that you're okay with climbing through, through ceilings and under floors. You know what you're getting yourself yeah. into. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I said, it doesn't fade away i'm still doing it so just so you know yeah. that this is going to be part of your life he goes, yeah that's cool i think it's when you come face to face with a possum or a rat that sort of yeah. way i remember i remember once i was climbing under this floor in woolaware and a client i had to squeeze into this area under a bedroom floor and i got under there you know there was just enough roof room between my chest and my back and i got under there and it was probably a four by four square meter area anyway i've looked and there's Probably a hundred spider holes oh. in there, and I, I had I couldn't turn around. I had to reverse on my stomach. Oh. I just oh. sends chills up my spine. Did you see it? No, I didn't. I just, you just I got saw out where they were. I, turned, I just reversed, mate. I was packing it. How'd you fix that job? Uh, Send the apprentice. In there. <laughs> I said, "Hey, Brad, this job's for you." <laughs> exactly where it goes. What's your superpower in business? I think the ability to to listen. To people, that's probably where um, I've been able to gain most of my knowledge is just by listening to people. Yeah, nice one. That's a good one. If you could have a real superpower that wasn't listening, like you could fly or be invisible or something, what would it be? What would be your superpower? Oh, the ability to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> to be invisible. All business owners want that, don't they? Yeah. What's the skill you're working on now that you haven't quite mastered? Oh, geez. I think I don't settle easy. So I guess um, it's definitely trying to understand the back end of the internet. That's that's a really crucial one, I think. We've, what do you mean? I think when you get into business, you sort of think that you can just put a couple of posts up and it's a great way of generating some, some like interest. social media. Yeah, yeah, but there's uh, some media companies out there. Like we use a, a company called Hello Social that manages that for us and Man, that was a lot of stuff to learn. I still and how's that going it. for you? It's great because we outsource it, but I had to take that on myself. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, it's a whole business unto itself. It's almost like WHS. It's just another big thing. Hand it off to yeah, somebody else. Yeah, we can else. probably do it, but you probably can't do it that well. No, yeah. you need the time. Definitely yeah, need right. the time. Yeah, well said. All right, last one for the, uh, the rapid fire questions. What's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I love it. Good stuff. All right, let's close this out, take a little break, and we'll finish off. Gentlemen, as always, we cover a lot of ground on these podcasts and talk about a lot of different things. Cameron, I wanted to give you the opportunity. Uh, maybe you wanted to add something that we left out or did we cover everything today? Oh, look, it's been a pleasure being here and having a chance to have a chat with you guys. And Thanks, Cameron. Give you a bit of, uh, bit of what we do. Bit of a G up as well. It's good fun. Yeah, I mean, look, I'd love to keep in contact. Yeah, and if there's 100%. anyone that ever needs to get in contact with myself, I'm, 
I love meeting new people in the industry and uh, I think that's what it's all about is as electricians and working together and having a bit of a common goal. Not a race to the bottom, which some people want to engage. <laughs> no undercutting. No undercutting. So speaking about getting in contact with you, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Look, they can go through you guys. You can hand out my email. Um, yep. I probably won't put my email out <laughs> on yep. the on the podcast. I'll, I'll get flooded with a whole bunch of marketing material. But um, <laughs> if they want to go through you guys and yep. get my email address, I'll be more than happy to for you guys to provide that. Even my mobile number, not a problem. Happy to yep. hand that out. Excellent. Do you have a preferred social media? Are you spending any time on Instagram or LinkedIn or anything like that? We, that's all managed for us. So You're uh, not doing that personally at all? I have got a LinkedIn. If anyone wants to catch me on LinkedIn, that's yep. that's fine. You can find me at Cameron Bratesi. So uh, on your Instagram page, if someone messages, who do they get? The marketing company? They get my wife. <laughs> <laughs> my wife looks after all that. She's good. She's great with that. Good to know. Well, as always, ladies and gentlemen, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to connect with Cameron will be right there. So pop on over and visit his website, connect with him on LinkedIn and make sure you reach out via social media. Jamie, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way, champ? Instagram at Pro Image Logical or Facebook, or you can get me at jamie at proimagelogical.com.au um, or you can call me. Easy. Too easy. I'd love a connection. Yeah, via the Instagram world as well, just rob.brus77. Or the other way to reach any of us actually is over at our community. Come on over and join us. It's at theelectriciansco-op.com forward slash free. And once again, you can find the link right there in the show notes. Jamie, have you got a parting comment for us? Mate, are you ready? Are you organized today? Every time I ask you, you're looking like a crazy person, but today you're organized. Yeah, no, let me think. I'll just make one up. Um, Work hard until your idols become your rivals. Oh, maybe there it was. This is a little bit of go all in commitment there, mate. I love it. Gentlemen, let's get out of here. Thanks for coming on, Cameron. Thanks, Thanks for having me. See you, boys. I was born in the city, I was raised on its edges My pop work is life when it's complex I found love in its center If I could live here forever, think it'd be for the better I love the weather, even though it's fog 24-7 I love the people, this is city I met all my best friends And I wanna thank every break I wanna thank every entrance to every building that I step in In this city of mine, oh, you most my best moments in life See, I fell in love for the first time in Golden Gate Park I saw my first rap show at Great American Hall I used to beg my homies for a ride across the bridge to goof off And spend the whole damn day doing whatever we want Keek drove us down to Ice Place while we'd roll up a blunt And me and Jack would get stony, walk around and get lost Don't think I'll ever truly pay back all I was lucky to get Just by walking through the city, no, I'm a small part of this So I wander and I venture And it's safe to say that really I don't mind that I book a flight to try to figure where my mind's at A spot where I don't spend no money Just some time at I mix and mingle with the people Till I learn a little I brought some weed and baby Maybe we could burn a little She said you're funny I said no I'm David and I left Sun shining, birds chirping Let me take a breath I'm headed to the city Where my chance to make it best What people like to give a little Then you take the rest I'm hoping one day maybe I can find a place to rest I fell in love with life and wonder where it take me next I like the hustle and bustle, I fell in love with the fashion I feel the pulse of the city, it's moving me like a passion and it's mine
baby, we go way back All the situation, circumstances Still we don't mind steady going on I dance around the street lights Hey 